0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Get a chair, grab a seat, or we'll sweep you off your feet. We move, we groove, you got Mel. Ease your legs, rest a while, all you gotta do is smile. We're swell, can't you tell you about Mel? When the show begins, you better hold on real tight. Or before you know it, you'll be high as a kite. Take a break, settle down. We're the only show in town. S.R.O., don't you know? You got Mel. Give it up, don't think twice. We're a hurricane on ice. What the hell? Give a yell. Ring your bell. Show and tell. Mademoiselle, give a smell, You got Mel. You've got, you got Mel. And Mel has the incredible Risa Cohen. And in a minute, we'll stop sharing and we'll see each other. Oh, wonderful. so you you define yourself as a um, an expert in literacy through music. And I love it. Thanks. Can you explain Can you explain like in a sentence, this program is about you, and I know you have a new initiative. So just in one sentence, what do you do?
0: So I teach children and their grown-ups literacy through music and love.
1: To read through music?
0: Um, I teach reading and writing. And it's an integrated curriculum that incorporates music and movement
1: okay it's wonderful and, and afterwards you'll put the uh the link where people can find out about it, I mean, it yeah. okay. so now we've done the we've done the commercials <laughs> uh, this show is brought to you by our books the world's simplest platform for creating free interactive books we've done all the advertising now tell us about yourself start at the beginning What's a nice Jewish girl like you doing in Toledo, Ohio? Started. <laughs> all right. So, uh, like beginning where I was born, born even where your parents were born.
0: Oh, whatever you like all right. So yeah, um, I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. My my parent my <clears throat> we came you know during World War II to New York City like everyone else. I was born in New York City, um, at at New York University Hospital. We'll circle back to that, and.
1: Um, one second, your 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 parents came to, to New York from where? Well no my parents were born in Great Neck, New York. Your oh, like grandparents or your great grandparents came yeah. from Europe?
0: Yes, from Russia, Poland, Germany. And um so I was born in New York City. I lived there like six months and then we moved to Fort Apache in White River, Arizona because I, New
1: York was too small for you. You needed a big place.
0: I needed Port Apache in White River, Arizona. It's a big reservation, uh, with one trading post. And um the trading post was everything. The post office, the grocery store, the everything store. There's only one trading post. There's nothing else on the whole huge reservation. So we lived there two years. And um
1: then we Lisa, lived you have to tell me why. You were, you were <laughs> okay. a Jewish family living on the <laughs> reservation. There must be an interesting story here dear.
0: So um I was born during the Vietnam War and um my father enlisted in the public health services so that he was afraid he would be drafted and sent to Vietnam and um yeah he didn't want to he didn't want to do that but you know he he served he enlisted in the public health services and so we were stationed in Fort Apache for 2 years. And um and then after his two years were done, then we lived in a VW Microbus for a while, traveling around with our dog, Tulipai, and I slept in a little laundry basket under the sink. And then we- hey, Your home. parents were hippies. You could say that. You wouldn't know it meeting them now, but you could say that. <laughs> I've seen the pictures.
1: <laughs> Send pictures, Lisa. Okay.
0: Um, so then we settled down in New Haven, Connecticut. My dad was uh, a doctor at um, Yale New Haven Hospital, and um, he's an OBGYN. And we lived in New Haven for a while. Then
1: we moved what's to. A what's doctor, his name? What's his name? Dr. Ian Cohen. Okay. And. Uh, is he is he still serving uh, the public? He is. He okay. um, he is. He's. So anybody who needs a good OBGYN in New Haven?
0: Well, he's in Waterbury now.
1: Um, Uh, Okay, there's there's people in Waterbury who have babies and stuff, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's taking new patients right now, but yeah. Okay. Um, So we settled down in New Haven. Then we moved to a suburb called Woodbridge, and I grew up there. And then when I went to college, I went to NYU, to New York University. And I studied acting, I got a BFA in acting from what is now Tisch University, Tisch School of the Arts at New York University. And it's funny, it circles back because I was born at New York University Hospital, which is now Tisch Hospital, so.
1: once oh, We're getting ahead of us here. What kind of girl were you? Oh
0: my, uh, I, I was wanting so badly to do the right thing all the time. I was, uh oh, and I was very jealous of my sister, um, who is now my very best friend other than my husband. And I can't imagine being jealous of her because she is just, she is the sweetest, sweetest person in the world, in the whole world. I mean, she's incredible. She's just such a wonderful being. I mean, she's a servant of humanity. She started a volunteer organization in Belmont that, um, she has uh, hundreds of volunteers with her, and she, she's an incredible person, and she always has been.
1: Um, Let's bring her to the show.
0: <laughs> you should. She's amazing. You
1: should. We will. We'll bring her together. Um, and she's your elder sister or your younger sister? She's my younger sister. And you were jealous uh, of your younger sister.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think because everybody loved her. Um
1: that's not to love about you, Risa. Oh, thank so, you. So you were you were a a, um, a young warrior for justice. Yes, for and sure. And that's why, and that's why you talk about Woody Guthrie.
0: Oh yes, I do. I do talk about Woody Guthrie often. Died decades before you were born. What's that all about? Uh, <laughs> um, I I'm just fascinated by him. I so. I speak every now and then, well, once a year, I speak at the Band Books Festival, and it just seems like every year there's another reason that Woody Guthrie is so timely. Um, And I keep, I've talked about other people. I talked about Pete Seeger one year, Um, but Woody Guthrie is definitely one of my biggest musical influences, probably Woody Guthrie and Ella Jenkins are probably my biggest influences musically. and you know it just so happens he has this publication that uh that was banned so it's easy to speak on that and then i can do the song so that's
1: fun some of his songs were banned oh for sure and he had to change he had to change the lyrics to this land is your land yep once once in a while yep yep he's also a hero of mine aw So, so you did your, your bachelor's degree in acting, which is, which is terrific. So you're an actor. And then you became a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. What was that
0: about? Well, um, when I was a little girl, you asked me how I was as a girl. I, I thought I would be a teacher at first, and then I thought I wanted to be an actress. So, um, I've always felt called to it. My mother was a teacher. My mother, uh, started one of the first head starts in New York City um, so I come by it honestly and um, I loved acting because I've always been an idealist and to me um one of the reasons I love Woody Guthrie is that you know he really oh I thought I turned on do not disturb sorry about that
1: okay or either either that or the toast is ready. <laughs>
0: Um, or I've got Mel. Um,
1: <laughs> you got you. that.
0: So, one of the reasons I admired Woody Guthrie is because I felt like he used his art for justice. He used his art in a way that helped the world. And um, I've always been an idealist and wanted to live a juicy life, as you say. And um, I was really touched by your life. And... Um, I wanted to change the world through my art. And so I got into acting with all of these great visions of changing the world. And and I got my degree and I discovered that I could do all of that great work that I wanted to do for free. And (laughs) And that if I wanted to make a living as an actor, I really needed to do commercials and tours, or at least that was my experience. And, um, I found myself in a Kentucky fried chicken commercial and I was a
1: vegetarian at the time. Come on. I, I was going to guess that you were in a Campbell soup commercial. <laughs> and I said to me, you were in a Kentucky fried chicken commercial. Yeah. You said, it's not even kosher. What are you doing? I know. <laughs> I know. You, so you have to eat it, you know, like, no, no, I didn't have to eat what it. I'm I, I going to say, you know.
0: I was re- I was freelancing with this agent, and I was sent on this call, and I was in this commercial, and then I went back to my agent, and I said I don't want to do those
1: commercials anymore. Reason? This is the most important part of our of our discussion. What was your role in the Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial? Were you a oh, chicken? were you an? A I was just
0: an extra. I was just an extra. I was I was on a I was on a football field. It was a set in the '60s or '70s, so I was all decked out in my. 60s 70s stuff and i had this big uh blanket and um and then as it turned out when i got to the call there was another friend there who um who we were in a show together and um so we were he was like let's team up so we sat next to each other and we um sat we were just sitting on the bleachers at this football stadium and then once the team wins everyone rushes the stadium so he and i were like let's get our faces on camera And we're rushing really fast, and it worked. We got on camera, and then I was embarrassed that I was on this Kentucky Fried Chicken
1: commercial. (laughs) Um, So, I stayed in the wings. Yes, exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So, so, uh, so that was your moment of greatness as a, as a thespian.
0: Well, I had a few others, but I told my agent, I didn't want to do those commercials anymore. And he was like, I thought you were an actor. And that was the end of that relationship. And then I ended up on a tour. Um, the last tour I did, um, I toured the mid Atlantic States doing Greek mythology and Robin Hood for kids. And, um, and that was a really fun tour. And I met a dear friend on that tour and I was already engaged to my husband. And so going on tour was really hard and I was already teaching.
1: One second, you were engaged to your husband and you met some other guy?
0: No, he's this other guy who I was on tour with, my tour partner, he's, he's gay and we, oh, we became okay. great, great friends.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's, you know, the, this, the things that people share on my show, it's like incredible. Go ahead. <laughs> Be so much fun! I'm going to have you back tomorrow.
0: <laughs> That'd be fun. I'd do it anytime. time. So I'm having I'm fun too.
1: Because I have somebody tomorrow, but in a few
0: months, I'm teaching tomorrow actually, but but another time. So uh, so I in the meantime I had started teaching as a day job. I actually I started. I took a day job at this indoor playground called Play Space, and as an actor, I saw it as a teaching opportunity or as a performing opportunity. At the time, I was thinking of it as a performing opportunity. So I started doing puppet shows and sing-alongs and storytelling drama and all these great fun things because that was fun for me because I love performing. And um, I started doing them all the time. And the manager was like, you know, let's get you, get a calendar out and have you all the time. So I got a regular calendar. I had all my fans that, you know, all the kids and their, you know, parents and their nannies that would come. Whenever Risa was doing a show, they would come, and um, and I ended up being manager of this place, place based, great place. And um, so after one of my shows, which I guess was a class, but I thought it was a show, you um, talked yesterday about the relationship between teaching and performing.
1: Isn't that incredible? And uh, I think good. a good teacher is a performer. Yeah.
0: Well, and a good performer, you know, connects with the audience and that's what you do as a teacher. You connect with
1: your students. If the students are lucky to have you as a teacher. So can you sing for us one of your songs there from way back when from one of those shows or this land is my land. You have such you have an incredible voice by the way.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: I heard you sing.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah. Let's see. What did I used to do back then? Um, uh yeah, I could do this land is your land. I know I can do that one because this okay. is actually
1: my it's song. Than, it's better than doing the Kentucky Fried Chicken thing.
0: So um, this song. When I was growing up, um, my mother played guitar and uh, my father was one of seven, now six siblings, and um, we used to get together with the whole family about once a month, <laughs> Big gathering. And um, my mother had taught everyone, all the grown-ups, one song. And every time we got together, they would pass the guitar around and everyone would do their song. So every time we got together, my dad would do Dark as a Dungeon. My Aunt Jane would do Bottle of Wine. Um, these weren't all children's songs, but that was their song. So when I turned 12, um, told my mom I wanted a song and, um, and she taught me this song as I was walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley this land was made for you and me this land is your land this land is my land from california to the new york island from the redwood forest to the gulf stream waters this land was made for you and me i roamed and rambled followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts and all around me a voice kept sounding this land was made for you and me this land is your land this land is my land from california to the new york island from the redwood forest Gulf Stream
1: waters, this land was made for you and me. So interesting. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you. I wanted to join you like with a second voice. Oh, yeah, please. No, I can't because it doesn't come out uh, together. I know
0: because our internet speeds are all different. It's very frustrating. I'm singing with kids all the time and I want to sing together and we can't really on Zoom. So,
1: so my friend Paul Keller, he does this um he sings a line and then so- somebody else sings a line right want, you want to try it well we, we we can try it yeah you want to try it all right if i know the song well we'll do the chorus of the
0: you want to do the chorus of this land mm-hmm. is your land since i know That's you know what it
1: key, what key is it in
0: uh i did it in c but i could do it in a because your voice is He's probably fine. He's fine. We'll in a we'll do it here
1: mm-hmm. do it what go ahead you start
0: Wanted an A or C, I missed it. He's fine. He's fine, all right. This land is your, well, <laughs> I was thinking of doing it in an A. This land is your land. Your turn.
1: This land is my land.
0: From California
1: to New York Island.
0: From the redwood forest
1: to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was
0: made for you and me.
1: <laughs> we both went up a third. That's the...
0: Yeah. That's
1: what you do. Yeah, yeah
0: uh, that was fun. That was yeah. fun.
1: So, so this is Paul Keller's uh, um, invention for singing together.
0: Yeah, I do it in my classes too. I didn't know he invented it.
1: I'm not sure he invented it. (laughs) I I, I love him, so I'm giving him credit. He also did a Christmas show and incorporated a Hanukkah song. And I know you do Hanukkah songs, but I don't like Hanukkah songs, so we'll get back to it later. Um, So uh, I'm getting off track here. So um, then you decided to do your masters in education Right. So I used to do these shows at PlaySpace and after one of them, a
0: nanny approached me and she told me and someone who came to all my shows, she said that she taught art at this school and they were looking for a music teacher and would I be interested? And I was like, I'm not really a music teacher. Um, and she was like, yes, you are. You're so much better than anyone the school has ever had. (laughs) And, um, I discovered there's a difference between being a musician and a music teacher. So, um, So, so I applied. I got that job. I decided I loved it, and that last tour that I did, um, I really missed my husband and I really missed teaching. And I decided I didn't want to leave teaching again, and that I, that was what I really wanted to do. So I pursued my master's, and I got a master's in early childhood and elementary education from Bank Street College. And I then I then I went into the classroom and I taught a K-1 loop in New York City public schools.
1: Wow, I envy your your uh, your students, you must have had a ball.
0: You know, we had a really good time. And I interesting story, just last week, I got an email from a librarian uh, at Torrington Library, and she said that, you know, they're doing these story times and they incorporate music and movement, and can I help them? with what they can do online, because all of it's online now. And she said, I don't know if you remember me, I was one of your kindergarten students. And I totally remember her. And okay. she said, she still remembers all the songs. She said, anytime she finds one of her favorite books, she remembers me reading it. And she's a librarian.
1: <laughs> so what, what, what uh, let's now talk a little bit about the children's books and your connection with writing for kids. Um, I have a theory. And my theory is that those of us who write for children are stuck back at some age of our childhood. And the age of children that we write for is the age that we're stuck at. So if I'm right in your case, what age are you stuck at?
0: I'm interested theory. Um, I write picture books. So the ages I write for, um, I write two types. I write these um, lyrical books in prose that are really for ages five to seven, four to seven. And then they're all for four to seven, really. I guess I'm stuck four to seven.
1: But if you were to pick a specific age between four and seven, it would be five or six?
0: Five,
1: six, yeah, five. Do you know why? Mm -hmm. Well, Risa, now we have homework. Because I also write for five-year-olds and that's where I'm stuck. And I've been stuck a lot longer than you have. No, I so, don't. Why are you stuck at five? No, but this program is about you, dear. Okay. When, you know, when, when the show is, uh, you've got Risa, you can give me a call and I'll be on. All right, show. all right, all right. So so what the, what does the um, young five-year-old Risa have to exorcise? Um, I don't
0: know. Let's see, I started kindergarten when I was four, um, I, uh, you know, I know that was the, I had some social issues that year. I had some social issues that year. I had grown up with this close knit group of friends that we were in like a play group together because all our parents were friends, all our moms were friends and we would, it was like our homemade preschool. So there were about five of us and all the moms were good friends and all the kids would get together. I think there were five and each day, two of the moms would sit in the kitchen while all the five kids were in the basement doing whatever. I mean, this was the seventies and the three moms who were off duty could go do errands or whatever. And then we would rotate houses. And I was- Hippies, hippies, I told you,
1: hippies. (laughs)
0: was really good friends with all the people in this group and then we got to kindergarten and um, and most of them were boys and they discovered I had cooties. and um, you had cooties? <laughs> I was a girl. And, what does
1: cooties mean?
0: Well maybe you don't have it in Israel. I was uh, in if, Canada. Oh you were in Canada? <laughs> what have I been
1: missing uh, my whole life?
0: So, so like girls say that boys have cooties and say the girls have cooties. It's like maybe they don't do it anymore, but when I was growing up that's what they said. I don't know. It's like
1: and all the hundreds of people who are watching us know what cooties are except for me?
0: No, probably not. It's probably just I don't know. It's something I thought everyone knew because I grew up five where I grew up five.
1: But probably hey, no Lisa, one this is the time now to to share what cooties are for the world. I don't even know.
0: It, it, it was like like germs or something. I don't even know. We just. I never. I was too embarrassed to ask what are cooties and, and and admit I didn't know what they were. I didn't. I don't know. But but we would have cootie spray. So like anytime a boy went, anytime I went near any of my friends, they would go cootie spray. Shh.
1: <laughs> okay. Listen. I, I um. This, I've never heard about this before. Uh, and this is a terrific idea for a book. And if you don't write it, I'm going to write it. I'll write it. I'll write the Cootie Spray book. <laughs> and, and, you know, my, my job is not to give you ideas for your children's books. I'm sure you have them, but you should write about this.
0: Yes, I should. Yes, I should.
1: <laughs> one, one, one of my Cootie Spray issues as a five-year-old was being left-handed. I'm trying now to write a children's book about it, unsuccessfully, but at least I'm trying. So I want to—I'll uh, be your mentor with the Kudi book, and you can mentor me with the Lefties book.
0: You know, that's another reason I might be stuck, because I was ambidextrous, and my teacher made me right-handed. Oy vey! And everyone else in my family is left-handed: my mother, my father, my sister. Oy vey! Yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> So maybe I'll write the story and you'll write music to it.
0: (laughs) I think you can write your own music too. We can both write about left-handed. I bet it would come out
1: different. (laughs) Okay, that's an idea. Um, uh, So uh, let's let's now fast forward. So you fell in love, you got married, your husband became a professor and you had to move to Toledo from New York. Nobody goes to Toledo because they want to go to Toledo.
0: I don't even know where it is, you know? I mean, a few other things happened in the middle, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we moved to New York. We moved from New York to Toledo uh, because there was more arts and culture. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. You
1: had me for a minute.
0: Uh, (laughs) No, um, Ed got his PhD in theater and um, did a nationwide or even international actually uh, job hunt for a tenure track Position and this is where we landed he's at the University of Toledo and that's how we got here that's what I guessed yeah you got it right
1: you know the only other thing is to open a phone book and just to put your your finger down and it says Toledo Ohio and most people would just do it again and put their finger down again until they got a normal place but I'm sure Toledo Ohio is, is wonderful and um and before we get to um Back to your writing, Um, as an adult, you also had two serious predicaments. So you've been challenged.
0: Yeah, I've had a number of serious predicaments. I think we all have. It's hard to get through life without them. It's just part of life, right? (laughs)
1: Life, but- um, Did did your buoyant uh, spirit and wonderful personality help you get through difficult things in your life?
0: Oh, thank you. I think the people around me and the wonderful buoyant spirits around me helped me get through difficult things in my life. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, and I I think the two incidents you're referring to um, are um, uh, surviving breast cancer and surviving a really bad car wreck uh, that broke seven bones and put me in the hospital for six weeks. Um, But uh, at those times, it was definitely the people around me that got me through it. Um, I, I can remember there was, you know, there were a number of times when I started to feel my spirit sinking and every time somebody pulled me up, you know, there's one particular moment I remember I, um, after surgery, you get these, uh, long drains and, um, I went in and I was hoping to get my drains out and hoping that I could drive again because I wasn't allowed to lift my arms at all for you know a while after surgery. And um, uh, I got the news that I wasn't gonna get my drains out and I couldn't drive for another two weeks and I still couldn't lift anything and basically still couldn't do anything and Ed still had to dress me. And, and that was really um, a difficult moment for me because I thought I was going to get some freedom and I didn't and um ed drove me back from the doctor's appointment and when we got here there was uh, uh, there was a delivery at my door and it was soup and bread with a beautiful note from some colleagues at work and i just felt so touched and it really it saved me and there were just so many moments like that but it's the people around me that got me through for sure
1: and uh i'm i'm trusting that you're okay and and very brave also to talk about these things
0: oh thanks i um thank you yeah thank god i'm in remission i've i've been um i've been clean for 5 years so.
1: thanks god and and so if this weren't a challenge enough to you you had this terrible road accident what happened
0: oh i um i was just driving and um someone came out right in front of me to make a left turn. She just, it was this, it's this really bad hairpin turn in Toledo that you shouldn't be allowed to make a left turn from this road. Um, and she didn't see me and she came out like right in front of me and, um, and it was just a really, really bad car wreck. Um, and uh, yeah, I broke seven bones. I ended up with a frozen shoulder. Um, I still, it still affects some of the mobility in my right uh, wrist and shoulder, but which is why I play yeah. a baby guitar now and not a full size.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask. I said, no. what kind of guitar is that? Either that or you're a very giant human being. I couldn't figure it out.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm not that. A, guitar and
1: it's not a ukulele. What is that? <laughs> Maybe you're a giant. I don't know.
0: So that guitar is uh, one that we bought for my son when he was a kid. It's like a junior size guitar. And uh, it's become my guitar, and he now plays the full size. Um, and after this accident, I learned the uke. Um, that the, the so you, you do play ukulele? A little, yeah. I mean, as much as I play guitar, if you can call that playing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, the, the full size guitar just kind of displaces my shoulder too much. And if I, if I play too long, it hurts. That's another reason I do yoga every day. It really helps.
1: So how, how do you look at life now? Are you ready for whatever life can throw at you? Um, I, I'd like to think so. I mean, I,
0: I, you know, I just, just started this business um, into reading.com. I just started this it's online classes. Mm -hmm. And I've been dreaming of doing this
1: business for a long time. Ah, because I was going to ask you, why don't you just, like, you would be the best kindergarten teacher in North America. I I have to say that one of the things that I'm very partial towards is kindergarten teachers because my mom was one. My late mother was a kindergarten teacher, and I was once in a while her helper when I was young. I have this terribly soft spot in my heart for, for kindergarten teachers you've decided to become a, um, a business person. You could make a lot of money being a kindergarten teacher. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> um, I, I have been a kindergarten teacher. I could still be what a what kindergarten teacher. I mean teacher.
1: now you could be a kindergarten teacher?
0: Who right. Needs to, who person. needs to make money on these dot-com things? Well, it's not about the money for me so much as I have this vision of this integrated curriculum, teaching literacy through music and movement and i know that it's effective and i've seen it in the classroom working better than any other method and um i want to to share it i want to share it with students i want to share it with families i want to share it with schools with libraries um and i know that it works um i you know after getting my master's then i studied i continued my education and i did professional development at the reading and writing project at Teachers College at Columbia University. And I served on leadership groups there. And when I was a classroom teacher, my classroom served as a lab site for reading workshop and writing workshop. Um, And people would come in from all over to, to, um, to learn. And I learned a lot about literacy. Literacy became my real passion. And in the classroom, I discovered that it was by incorporating music and movement that I could really effectively teach literacy to young children, because it just gets in your brain and your body. The music and movement puts the information in your brain and your body in a way that your soul can hear it. So it gets in their brain, it gets in their body, it gets in their soul, it's fun. And I wanna share it with a wider audience. So can you you
1: share something from your curriculum?
0: Yeah, sure, sure.
1: You thought I'd never ask, right?
0: <laughs> I, I, I was up for anything. You don't have no, to ask. I, I,
1: a song. I'm talking about a song and a dance. Somewhere.
0: Yes. Yes, I can share a song. Um, so, this, uh, you know what? I'll do. um Oh, there's so many. What to choose? I'll do this song. This is a song that I am turning into a book, and the book will be, be a shared reading piece that, um, you know, the way I learned to read Hebrew was in synagogue, I would sing the prayers and follow in my Siddur, and by singing, it's basically a shared reading piece, collectively singing together as a shared reading piece, all together, learning the um, letter sound correspondence and learning how to track print in that way, that's how I learned to read Hebrew, and this is Basically, um, there's a little more to it, but basically that's a method that I use. I use a balanced literacy curriculum, but shared reading is an important part of it. So if all my students get these song sheets, which eventually will be books, um, that they can read along and sing along, plus I have movements, fun movements that go with these, but I can't do the movements and the guitar at the same time. Um, And a lot of it is repetitive text, as um, that way they'll learn the repetition, um, learn to see the same thing over and over here, the same thing over and over. It's a great way to learn that letter sound
1: correspond. All right, here it is. Sorry, I'll stop talking. What's that? I'm just gonna oh. give you some um, encouragement. What's that? Julia Donaldson, who wrote oh, The Gruffalo yes. and a hundred yeah. other wonderful books. Yeah. She started out as a songwriter and she became like that. the world's foremost children's book writer, but she started out writing songs for the BBC. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I haven't done this one in a while. Let's see if I remember it.
1: <laughs> There's no jazz police here, dear. <laughs> All
0: right. So um, this one is Hurry Up, Honey. And everything that I'm saying that the child is doing, we act out. So we start out asleep. And then when I say wake up, we, we act out. Let's wake up. So you can imagine us acting out emotions.
1: I'm going to act with you. What are you talking about? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I, I'll be your honor. So you wake up.
0: You'll eat your breakfast. You'll get dressed. You'll, um, I'll tell you what to
1: do. You'll figure it no, I, I, I eat oatmeal porridge for breakfast.
0: That works.
1: That's a good okay. breakfast.
0: All right. All right. I snore, by the way. What's that? That's okay. Do oh, okay. you have a CPAP? do you want oh, just <laughs> snore, you know.
1: Get a life, everybody. My wife and I, we love each other dearly. We snore. It's been many years, you know.
0: I have a CPAP. It helps a lot. (laughs) Hurry up, honey, let's wake up. Hurry up, honey, let's wake up. Hurry up, honey, let's wake up. Let's go, let's go. Why do you go so slow? Slow as a sloth. Hurry up, honey, let's get dressed. Hurry up, honey, let's get dressed. Hurry up, honey, let's get dressed. Let's go. Let's go. Why do you go so slow, slow as a sloth? Hurry up, honey, let's brush your teeth. Hurry up, honey, let's brush your teeth. Hurry up, honey, let's brush your teeth. Let's go. Let's go. Why do you go so slow, slow as? A sloth. Hurry up, honey. Let's put on your shoes. Hurry up, honey. Let's put on your shoes. Hurry up, honey. Let's put on your shoes. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Why do you go so slow?
1: Slow
0: as a sloth. Hurry up, honey. Let's put on your backpack. Hurry up, honey. Let's put on your back. Hurry
1: up, honey. Let's
0: put on your backpack. <t lingering noise>
1: I had so much fun. I'm signing up.
0: Come here, honey. Give me a hug. Come here, honey. Give me a hug. Come here, honey. Give me a hug. I love you. Thank you, honey, for teaching me to
1: slow. Wow, that's incredible! No wonder you don't want to be a kindergarten teacher <laughs> when when um I grew up in Canada and uh when I was on sabbatical, my daughter was five, there was a, a a trio named um Bram Lois and somebody else. I don't even remember Lois and Bram yes, and somehow you remind me of them.
0: Oh, thank you. I love them
1: and um and wow. I'm like really impressed. Like when you wrote to me, you say, I, "I say, oh, Risa, she's a an actress and she a kindergarten teacher and she writes books. Oh, I'll I'll have her on the show." But I had no idea what an impressive woman you are. Aww, thank you. This is That's incredible. Great. It's uh, it's time to almost to say goodbye. And the-
0: well, the- I loved this time, and I so appreciate the opportunity. And I think you're a mensch, and I really, really am a fan
1: thank you dear uh, no so i think that we can work together with our books and with your wonderful uh, talent um, and so we'll, we'll figure out we'll figure out what to do uh you have to make money i don't have to make money i just have to be juicy um, and this is Shiri's idea not mine but i decided in 2021 i'm going to be juicier so um so i don't
0: think I, you can be juicier than you already are you're pretty no,
1: juicy I know, but you know, I can I can try, I can aspire to, to juiciosity. Um, so I, I always ask my, um, my interviewees uh, about the Beatles. I have awesome. this, I'm fixated on the Beatles. I should have worn my Beatles shirt today. What about them? What do you wanna know? Next time we get together, I'll wear my Beatles shirt and you can wear your Beatles shirt. All right, it's a deal.
0: It's <laughs> obvious you
1: love the Beatles. What's your favorite song? Oh.
0: Um, it might be Hey Jude. My son, is named Jude. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, what's your favorite song?
1: This program is about you, dear. <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite album is Sgt. Peppers. That's, there's, that's like their pinnacle except for um, Abbey Road.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is their pinnacle. Um, and my favorite song is from the White Album, the, the Double Beatles album. And you can guess what song it is, Uh, and maybe someday I will sing it for you, but uh, if I ever get to Toledo, Ohio, or you come to appear in Tel Aviv, my grandchildren are going to love you. Yeah, I I would love 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 to go, and And I'd love to have you here. It's incredible. I wrote a song about hurrying to the kindergarten. Like waking we have up, we so in much in common. And going to the kindergarten. It's called.
0: No, I've always felt we have a lot in common. And that's what I said to you. We have a lot in common. Yeah,
1: so. I, my song is, it's already called uh, al It's already 10 to 8. But uh, the hero who's a frog um, doesn't want to get out of bed because he's kind of like ADHD, you know. And why get out of bed in the morning when all you have to do is go to kindergarten? So, yeah. Um, okay, so. so um, you didn't guess my favorite song, but we can correspond. It's from the White Album. I'm not telling you. Mm,
0: is it back in the USSR? I'm not saying anything.
1: Okay. okay. So, so it is. Um, so recent <laughs> this has been incredible. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, now you're going to sing "Hey Jude" uh, a cappella or with your baby guitar.
0: Oh my goodness! You? I couldn't. I I don't know it. I'm not prepared. <laughs>
1: It, it, well, the thing about an actor, you study the impromptu, right, and the improv. Yeah, I did. So don't All look right. at the words. Don't look at the words. You can go la 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 la. All
0: that, right. I, that's how. I don't stand, have
1: the. By the, way. I, the Beatles I, forgot I, the words to that song. My husband's
0: also a musician. All right. Your hey, husband is a musician. He is. is. He also named Jude. No, he's Ed. <laughs> we have another son, Clint. We have two boys.
1: Okay, because we're we're we're. Uh, you know, Jews don't name their children after. Anyway, uh, is, your, is your is your husband around? I think so, but I don't know. Ed, are you around? Ed, come sing with us. He's not going to come. <laughs> Ed, are you around? He's a professor of theater. I don't think he's ready. I don't not think yet. he's ready yet. Okay. But, you know,
0: Do you want to sing Hey Jude with me? Uh, come on, Ed. He's not ready. He's not ready. He's still doing his morning routine. (laughs)
1: He's doing what? His morning routine. Okay, ask him what his favorite musical is. His favorite musical? Yeah.
0: It's probably Into the Woods. He directed that last year. Which one? Into the Woods, I think, is his
1: favorite. He directed that one last year, but I don't know. Okay, and someday I want to do a reading of Guys and Dolls. I was in Guys and Dolls. Of course you were. What were you? I was, that was the first professional, meaning
0: paid, acting gig I ever got when I was in high school at Amarante's Dinner Theater. And I was Mimi, who's a hot box girl. And-
1: uh, I've got and the horse was, right here. His name is Paul Revere. And there's a guy who says if the weather's clear. Can do. Um, yeah. So, the horse can do. And also I have another friend named Elaine. And maybe we'll get all three of us and then we'll just do a read-through. All right. We'll That'll be, be fun. so much fun. And you get you can you can sing Adelaide's Lament if you want. <laughs> I mean I'm
0: not a soprano, but I'll try anything. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know where she is.
1: Oh, this is incredible. So um okay, and now you're gonna sing Hey Jude.
0: Oh, hey and
1: Jude. It, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you get the words wrong.
0: Don't make it bad. Make a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. And you can start to make it better. Hey you. Don't be afraid. You were made to go out and get her. Read the minute you let her under your skin, <laughs> then you begin to make it
1: better. All right. <incorrectly> <îr masters> <speaking> la 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 la, la, la. la,
0: la, la. <speaking> na, na, na Hey Jude.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> Remarkable Risa thank you very much uh, it's been great having you on you've got Mel uh, don't forget to post the link where people can find you uh, I hope you're gonna get tons of, uh, of signups I certainly want my grandchildren to sign up um, and uh, there's ready kids so they'll love it even more um, so please be in touch and uh, take care of yourself be healthy Thanks drive very carefully around hairpin turns until the next time we see each other, which I hope is soon. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you dear.